Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, all will be gathered in His presence, and He will separate the people as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we do all these things for you? And he said, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Well, good morning. We're starting a new series called The Righteous Ones. If you will take your Bibles, hopefully you have them, open it up to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. When I was, I was going to tell you my age, but I'll tell you, I'll go backwards on it. About 22 years ago, make you do some math here. I had a, I can't remember if it was a dream or a vision, but it stuck with me like it happened yesterday. In this dream or vision, God showed me from like a, almost a, like an elevation that you'd be in on a, a small airplane, that there were these tops of the churches that were opened up, and I could see that these churches were worshiping God singing their songs. Well, I should say that. They were singing songs. And in this scene, it was dark, and you could see the light coming from the churches. There were no roofs on them, and Jesus was coming back. I recall that there was one church that said, look, here he comes. And there were plenty of other churches that were still singing songs and were missing his return. These were churches singing songs about and hopefully to Jesus, and they were missing his return. How can that be? Well, let's go to today and talk about the world that we live in today. Just this week, we have, we're recovering from Hurricane Harvey. Now we have Hurricane Irma that's creating devastation in the Caribbean, now is in South Florida. You have the wildfires in the West. You had the strongest earthquake that Mexico's seen in 80 years. You have North Korea that is threatening missile launches that potentially have a missile that can reach the continental U.S., And you might say, well, guess what? We've been through world wars. We've been through crisis after crisis. And every generation says, well, this is the generation that Jesus is coming back. 
that might be true, that we would say that once again and it doesn't happen. But what if Jesus is coming back in your life? Will you be ready? So Matthew 25, if you turn there, these are Jesus' words. This is under the title, The Final Judgment, in Matthew 25, verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with them, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you all who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and you welcomed you? Or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visited you? Listen to this verse. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as he did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Let me say that again. And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as he did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Well, then he goes on to say, those who didn't look after the least of these, this is what he says. Then it will say to those on his left, the goats, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and the angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Can it be that our eternity has to do with how we care for the humanity in our world today. Well, we do know that the scripture says it's not by works that save us, so listen to that. We, We can't get into works mode. But the interesting thing, he says that there is a direct correlation by the way that we serve people in prison, the poor, the thirsty, 
So for the next five weeks, we're going to get very practical with you and unpack this a little bit further. Now, this is an interesting thing that that he uses this analogy in this section called the final judgment. The reason why I um, asked you to bring your Bibles, if you are on our Pembroke groups page on Facebook, I'd encourage you, if you're not there, just go to GCC Pembroke uh, on Facebook and do a search and sign up for that group. Uh, I shared with you, bring your Bible. The reason being is this is going to be very fascinating this section of scripture. If you go back into chapter 24 a little bit, you'll talk about the, the, there's a title here, it calls the Son of Man, the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, the coming of Jesus, the return of Jesus. He goes into the lessons of the fig tree and he basically says, you be aware of the signs of the times. In essence, that's what that little uh, parable he's talking about, about the fig tree. Then he goes into a section about saying, nobody really knows the hour or the time. So that's why he's encouraging us to live every day expecting for his return. Then he goes in the section of the parable of the ten virgins. Now, this is very interesting to me that he lumps all of these parables together around the same time. Before he goes into the final judgment. But the parable of the ten virgins really has to do with their preparedness and their awareness. Some were prepared. Some were aware. Others were not prepared. And because of their lack of preparation, they weren't ready for his return. And in this parable, they are brought into a banquet feast and the doors are shut And the virgins that were not prepared come to the door and say, let us in. And they said, I'm sorry, the doors are already closed. That parable has always challenged me because it's like, am I I going to be aware? Am I going to be prepared? Now, the other interesting thing about this, some people read the the parable of the ten virgins and say, well, our preparedness means is we got to stock up food. We got to get ready for the end times. This is why it goes into the next section where it talks about the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents is is directly linked in between, sandwiched between the parable of the ten virgins and the final judgment, which we just read about how we care for the least of these. Isn't that interesting? Because if we just leave it to the loan, the parable of the ten virgins is only about being prepared and it's about self-preservation, we miss the point. Because we go into the parable of the talents, it's about God has given each one of us a talent, time, money, resources, abilities, and he's saying how you use that talent, which by the way, in that parable, it's always about being outward, it's not about how do I serve myself, And then the parable of the talents goes directly into serving the least of these. So you're finding this interesting connection. He's saying, okay, understand the signs of the times, be prepared and aware, but realize your preparedness and awareness does not mean it's about you and preparing and creating a bunker for the end times. 
is completely the opposite. He's saying, I've given you skills, talents, and gifts to go care for the least of these. Now, the interesting thing about the, the shepherd analogy, Jesus always uses these illustrations to help the people of the time. He really contextualizes the message for the people, the people were very agricultural-based. They would understand shepherds and herdsmen. And they understand about what a shepherd would do when he gathers his sheep. Some are just coming along for the ride, and those are the goats. And he, the shepherds are with his staff and saying, no, goats, get over here. You don't belong to this herd. This is only for the sheep who know my voice. I want us to... Turn with me to uh, John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 25. This is Jesus talking again. He's talking about his connection to the Father. And he he says that what I do is really, I'm connected to the Father. What you see me do really represents who God is. And then he goes on in verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. He's talking about to the Jewish uh, religious people in the temple. And he's saying to them, you don't believe. He says, the works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. Here's that analogy again about the sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I'm going to start connecting some dots here for us. If Jesus himself is amongst those in the prison, the poor, the thirsty, the sick... And if what makes us a sheep is our ability to hear the shepherd's voice and follow him, then maybe the way that we get close to him, then maybe the way that we can begin to know who he is better is by caring for the least of these. Following me? The interesting thing in Luke... Dr. Luke goes on and tells the, a story about the, uh, really, Jesus' parable about the, the great banquet. The story goes like this, that, that, that there's, there's this great banquet that's going on, and the king sends out all these invitations. And there are some who are preoccupied. One says, well, I just you know, bought some cattle or whatever, and I need to tend to them. Another one says, I just got married. I'm not going to be able to go. And then he sends out his servants. He goes, find anybody who will respond to my invitation and let them come in. The interesting thing about that as well is I wonder how much we're preoccupied in life that we're so distracted by the noises of this world that we do not have the ears to hear our good shepherd who might be telling us some things about the times that we live in. And he might be asking us to be, have greater preparedness 
And again, my, this, the idea of preparedness is really a, an awareness of what he's doing so we can respond to what the Spirit is doing. You see, really, this, this idea of being aware should compel us if we understand that Jesus is returning and that when he returns, there's like a final judgment that takes place separating the sheep from the goats. Some will spend eternity with him and some will have eternity in hell that it should compel us as followers of Jesus say there's a lot of people out there who do not yet know who Jesus is. Family members, neighbors, co-workers. And should it stir something inside of us to say, hey, I need to do my part to share this good news of Jesus' love But I think it starts by us training our ears to hear what he is saying. And we do that by serving the least of these. My question for you and I this morning is, are we on the left or are we on the right? Are we sheep or are we goats? Are we a church that will sing songs about Jesus and still miss his return? Or are we going to be a church that's prepared, that is attentive, that is aware, that hears his voice when he returns? We had an awesome opportunity yesterday to um, be at Shea Farm. I'm not too sure if you know, Shea Farm is a halfway house for women. And we have a ministry, Grace Capital Church. You have a ministry uh, led by uh, Pastor Bill Pelletier. And uh, Pastor Richie and some of our staff and volunteers went and did a worship service inside Shea Farm yesterday. And that we, we conduct a weekly service there, but it's, we, we don't bring the full band in, obviously. Um, but we got special permissions yesterday. And 15 girls, some of them already gave their life to Jesus before because of the ministry there. But 15 girls raised their hand again and said, I am committed to Jesus. And why... Where they committed Jesus is because somebody took this verse seriously and said that we serve Jesus when we serve those who are behind the walls. We visit those who are in prison. We actually serve Jesus when we see the needs in our community and we'll go out and meet those needs. The poor shouldn't be looked after by the government. The poor should be looked after by the church. I wonder, I, that's why I love, Victoria, your message about this morning is like, our generosity begins to show the generosity, a generous God that we serve. See, that's what Jesus was saying in John chapter 10. He goes, the way that I model myself reflects the heart of the Father. And are we living in such a way that we're representing Jesus to a world that would say, I want to know your God. 
And it's by the way that we love people. It's by the way that we serve people. That we will learn to live less selfish, to go after the people who are the least of these, the forgotten. I invite the worship team to come back at this time. Are you a sheep? Or are you a goat? Are you on the left? Are you on the right? Can you hear God's voice? If you're struggling to know what he sounds like, to feel what's in his heart, start serving the poor. Start finding those who are the least of these and start ministering to them. You'll begin to start to hear the whisper of God's voice. Because he says, when we do it to the least of these, we're doing it for Jesus. Could it be that our awareness of the times is a direct correlation to how well we serve the underserved? How well we care for those who are the lost, the forgotten? Over the next several weeks, we're going to unpack this a little bit further for you. I don't want you to leave here today feeling like, how do I do that? Well, we'll start helping you. And then as a church, we'll learn how to do this together. You see, I believe that God is, as I was worshiping this morning, I, I, I heard the whisper of God's voice again saying, would you make my bride ready for my return? We are his bride. His church is his bride. And then he brought me back to that remembrance of that vision that I had of these churches that were singing to God but missed Jesus' return. And I want us to be a church that is aware that is prepared, but more importantly, has ears that hear the voice of God, the whisper of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Spirit of God is going to move in such a way that, see, God's heart is that none should perish. God is not looking out there to condemn anybody. His heart is that none should perish. And if you know that, then that's the heart that we should have as well. That none should perish. That none would spend eternity in separation from God. Where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to stir inside of us, church, this passion for the lost. This passion for the least. This passion for those who don't yet know Jesus. I don't want this place to be full of 
people who just are fans of Jesus. I want them to be, this place be full of followers of Jesus. And Jesus was always hitting the streets looking for people who needed help, who needed hope, who needed love, who needed healing, who needed a word of encouragement, who needed to be brought into the kingdom of God. This is our time, Grace Capital Church. This is our time to go into our families and to share the good news, to go into our workplaces and not be afraid to say that God loves people. This is our time to find the hurting people in our communities and to say, we're going to help find a solution. By the way, that solution's Jesus. You see, I think God is trying to tell us something. The earth is groaning. I don't know when he's going to come back. The Bible tells us that nobody does know. But the earth is groaning. And we know that people are hungry for the truth. And they want to feel his love. They want to understand his compassion, the freedom that is found in him. But he always does that through people like you and me. Each one who's sitting here in these seats, the Holy Spirit wants to use you this week. He wants to empower and equip you to share his love with other people. Will you say yes to that? Will you say yes to that? So, Father, we thank you so much. For first and foremost, for loving us. We've been found by you. That we have hope and freedom in you. Jesus, we also know that being found personally is not enough. You've called the, f- the found to find the lost, to share your love, your compassion. There was another word that was shared um, this morning with me. And I want you to make sure you hear this. You, you hear a message like that, and, it, and it's, it can very much be turned into doing. I'm going to receive God's approval if I do. I'm going to receive God's love greater if I do all these things. I, I want to encourage you you can't get more of God's love because God is love. The analogy that was shared with me is like, um, you can't get less wet by jumping in water. Either you get wet or, I mean, water's water. You, you jump in water, it's not like I got less wet 
from this water versus that water. It's like, no, it's water. You're going to get wet. It's like God's love. You, you, God is love. There's not different measures of God's love for you. He loves you. He loves you. Receive his love. You don't need to go into a mode of works for him, but you do need to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. You can't earn God's love. You can't earn his favor. You can respond to the Holy Spirit who will compel you towards the least of these. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 